Hi guys, this is Sarah. And this is Katrina Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the feds. feds. Fedwork is the modern day background check. And we encourage people to feed empowerment daily. And, and you're, you're now listening, listening to, to Fedwork. Fedwork. Hey guys, welcome to Fedwork. I'm Katrina Joe. And I'm Sarah. And this week's episode actually comes from one of our listeners once again. Thank you guys for submitting your topics. But this one is about, you know, kind of our personal experience as well as our our tips. Let me get that out. Our <laughs> tips on moving out and living on your own. Absolutely. And it's such a, it's such a, I mean, we're both, you know, we've, we've both done it many times. Obviously you only yes. do it the first time once, but we've, you know, started a new home multiple times and, you know, who else to talk about it, but people that have done it as many times as we have, right? I was just going to say, which Sarah and I both live on our own. Sarah, when was the first time you lived on your own? How old were you? 18 when I went to college, you know, that was like the first time, but my first time, like getting my own apartment and all of that without roommates was when I was 25, 25. Okay. And I've never had a roommate since. Nice. I kind of went back. Um, my mom was, when I, when I graduated high school, she was like, where are you going? (laughs) You gotta go. Like not even on some, like, I don't want you here, but I, looking back now, it was more so of like, I'm pushing you out of the nest. Yeah. Go fly. I'll figure it out. And I, I moved in with roommates, um, straight into college for two years. And then when I moved to San Diego, I lived on my own for two years as well. But then moving to LA, I had roommates again. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped having roommates probably about eight years ago now. And I've been on my own since. So awesome. Yeah. It's, there's a beauty in the experience of having roommates, you know, and, and learning how to kind of like mesh lives and, and all of that. But once you're on your own and, and that's what we really want to talk about now is, you know, after the roommate phase, right? Like after, you know, when you're in a place where you're able to have your own, your own home and, or, you know, whether that be an apartment, a condo, a house, whatever it may be and whatever your financial you know, stance is, um, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Right? Now the entirety of that home is on you. Right. So we kind of wanted to talk about what that's like, what things, you know, maybe you should be thinking about, you know, if maybe you're in that transition where you're, you know, maybe going to be living on your own soon, or you have roommates now and kind of want to start going in that trajectory. So we put together some things and some tips that we think are really clutch for this and hopefully they help. But I guess we can start with the, the general maintaining of household responsibilities, mm-hmm. right? Now everything is on you. So those dishes in the dish in the in the sink, y'all you have to clean them. <laughs> you have to load that dishwasher. Oh, what goes in the dishwasher? Detergent. You have to buy that. <laughs> you know, the things that you were so used to just being there. Laundry. L- laundry. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Right? The things that are just vacuuming, dusting, maintaining a home, the, the cleaning aspect of it. Um you know, to me, that was the most shell shocking, I think, because I was blessed enough to have my mom around and she always, you know, kept the house clean. So I didn't even really have, I think I had chores like mowing the lawn, 
Like that was like, that was it. Oh my gosh. My mom, I had so many chores. And if I did not do them, if I didn't fold my clothes or make my bed, like no joke, my mom was like, if this is all still here, when I come back, it's going in the trash. And I didn't believe her until one day I came home and I have all my clothes were in in the garbage. And I was like, oh my God, I need to clean Yes. And I have been the most clean OCD ever since. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah no, I so many I didn't know how to I do mean, laundry. I'm also an only child, so. Yeah, I didn't know how to do laundry till college. My my roommates taught me how. I didn't know how to do this. I mean, for me, that was like, oh my gosh, it takes a lot of work to maintain a house. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, when you run out of toilet paper, you got to be the one to get toilet paper. You yeah. got to make your bed. Like, you know, of course, there's always the option of hiring a cleaning lady for sure, or a cleaning service. But to just keep your home kept up, you know, mm-hmm. the little things that you probably are just used to having around, like you said, you're going to have to pick up to do on your own or tidying up after yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you leave something there. Guess what? That shit's going to stay there until you move it. Right. You right. know? So yeah, that's, that's, I think the, the one that was for me was the most eye opening of how much work it actually takes to keep a house together, you know, paint. And that, that kind of ties in to the second one, which is personal style and the, the, you know, the taste of, of style that you, that you have and however changing that is. Hundred percent. I learned this so quick. I remember how I decorated my first bedroom in LA. I had a roommate, uh-huh. and it was like pink and brown and gaudy and like so girly. I had I like can't see that for you. Oh, I had pink and brown like sheets, and I had like like everything was like gaudy, girly. Like like my brush had like pink rhinestones on it, and like all these things. Yeah, And obviously I, you know, I, I grew up loving Hello Kitty. So I incorporated that into it. And then I just slowly, you know, like slowly started growing out of it. And I think probably, probably a couple years later, I started to like realize what my taste really was and what I wanted. And I remember even in my second apartment in LA, the kitchen, we painted it like red, the, the, one of the walls, like red, it was black, black, white, and red. It was all these things. And now I am very like neutral, black, white, gray, everything. I need it like serene. I need clean. I need muted colors, no gaudy, anything. I'm not like anything too girly, you know, even with like fed work and our colors, I'm like, okay, it's a little too good. Can we, can we get some black? Can we get some gray? Some of that pink out. Yeah. And I think, again, that just evolves with who you are as a person, you know, age, life, whatever. And so don't get discouraged if, you know, you buy curtains and in two years you're like, I actually hate these curtains. Now I need to buy new curtains. Yeah. I would, I would put more time into thinking about the like staple pieces, bigger pieces in your house, like your bed frame, your couch and your rug, like dining table, things like that. Like if you, even at the time when my kitchen was red, black, and white, even our plates matched, they were red and white and like all these things. And now I'm white dishware across the board. So things like that don't get discouraged. You know, if years from now you want to swap out your place settings or whatever, but definitely take the time to really think about what your style is in regards to the big, you know, furniture pieces in your house. Cause those are, I would say more so investments than like what forks you have, you know? 
For sure. Also thinking about, you just brought a great, a great point about investments, you know? So do you want to get this shelf from Ikea that is probably going to last you two years? Or do you want to get a real wood one from West Elm and maybe spend an extra, maybe double the price, but it's going to last you forever. And that's, I think the one lesson I wish I had incorporated when I first got my place, because I was like, Oh, I'll get that from Ikea. And I get no, like it, it worked at the time and it worked at my budget. But in reality, I ended up spending more over the course of time, changing that one item multiple times yeah. instead of getting a more staple investment piece that I would have had. And my cousin is amazing at this. Like she is a staple piece woman through and through. And they like think about every item they buy before they buy it. And they make sure it matches into their style and everything that they're doing. And I've learned a lot from her doing that because for me, I would be like, Oh no, I'm, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy this and I want that. I'll donate the other thing. No, save your money. Think on it before you buy it and make, you know, make the good investment pieces. But for some things, like you said, dishware and things like that, yeah, it's going to change and that's okay. You know, it's, it's totally fine and acceptable to grow with the times. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But that leads us into the next three, the next point, which is the budgeting of a house. Girl, there is a gas bill. There is an electric bill. There is a water bill. There is rent. Oh, I'm raising my hand again. Not now. Oh, I didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, it was alerting me that my hand was being raised. Oh. Zoom is great, you guys. <laughs> uh, but those bills. Then there's household items that you need, like dish detergent, hand soap, things in the bathroom that you need, shampoo, conditioner, all of these things those all go in, those are all your responsibility when it's your own place, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to budget your finances and make sure that you're on top of it, that you can afford the place you're looking for. Let's be honest. I would love to live in a three bedroom, massive penthouse, but I'm also not trying to spend $20,000 a month in rent. Yeah. That's unrealistic. So it's budgeting and making sure that everything makes sense, but factoring in those pieces because your rent might be $1,500, $2,000, whatever it is, wherever you live. But everything else on top of that could be an extra $500. And if you don't budget accordingly, all of a sudden you're eating ramen noodles every day, which is fine for some people, but you need a budget. I love and me some ramen noodles. I will never get over them. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm saying like every day for dinner. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, not, it's just not good. Because you didn't budget appropriately and you only have $10 that week for food. Like that's, you know, so it's important to budget it out. Look at what the expenses are. If you, especially if you're moving out for the first time and you aren't sure, you can always find, you know, call the companies and say, Hey, can you let me know on average, like how much something's going to cost? You could call, you know, your, your landlord and ask them what the bills have been in the past, things like that, just to be aware of what these extra bills are going to cost you. Um, you know, and also where you can, where you can cut corners. Like, you know, yeah. I don't have cable. I have, Neither. I pay for different apps, which, <laughs> <laughs> which probably equals the same amount of having cable, but I just, you know, I, I like my Netflix. I like my Hulu. I like my Amazon prime, you know, I all of those Max. things. Yeah. I have HBO max, all of that. So I don't have, and I, and I'm able to watch live TV on a lot of the apps that Apple TV comes with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just figuring out where to cut corners, you know, whether it is from your cell phone bill or, you know, whether it is from your cable bill, stuff like that. Um, 
it, it definitely makes a huge difference when you're able to kind of budget in regards to what's coming in and what's going out. And to give you a realistic explanation of what you can afford and can't afford if you haven't found a place yet and you're, you know, on the hunt. Um, they don't really tell you that when you're renting. They're not like, oh, by the way, budget this much for utilities, but you, it's worth asking and just being yeah. aware because uh, the lights don't stay on on their own. Yes, that's just what it is. All right, and then Katrina, I think that you wanted to tell the people the next one. <laughs> yes, number four is... I love this one because it's, it's actually so true and actually really funny is adulting is basically telling yourself that we have food at home over and over again. And I, I struggle with this all the time, especially because my job requires me to be outside because we can be outside now. Yeah. Um, but I love going out to eat. That's probably like, that's probably, if you literally look at my statements, like it's just a food diary of everything that I'm eating and where I'm going to eat. That's what I mainly spend my money on. And there are times where I really need to be like, Katrina, sit your ass down and go eat that salad that you have in the fridge or go make this, or you have frozen whatever that you can cook, you know, whatever it is, because it is, you know, we, we all can attest and say that it is easier and it's a lot more fun to sit down and be served. Absolutely. Sit down, serve, you have the ambiance. You know, if you're with someone, you have great conversation, you probably have a glass of wine, then you have dessert, which then adds up to how much, probably right. like $50 by the time you're done with it, at least. And then you're like, I could have just not spent any money and ate the food that was probably what, like $80 of my entire, you know, my entire grocery bill is probably $80, $100. And I ate $4 worth of it. Right. So- and- that's also something too with, you know, obviously we've been on our own for a while. So we've had enough time to learn how to cook and make the things that we'd like at restaurants. Like I know for me, I love, I love a good fish dish. I just do. And in reality, I can buy the fish and make it at home for like a third of the cost of a restaurant. And I enjoy cooking. So that's been good for me. But initially, like I didn't know how to cook. Like I knew how to make some basic things, but if I wanted a good meal, I had to go out for it. And so, you know, potentially, you know, when you're doing your budget, kind of circling back to the last topic, looking at something like Blue Apron or or something like that, where it helps teach you how to cook and sets yourself up to be in a position to stay at home because you have food at home, Katrina, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I I tried Blue Apron and HelloFresh. I will say HelloFresh is probably my favorite. And I I mean, those... Those are, those are great options. It's less waste. It is literally already calculated and portioned for you. If you, I used to do the one for two people, even though it was just me. So then I'd have leftovers and I would have a dinner or another meal that I already cooked and prepared for the week. And so if you don't know how to cook, like you said, those are great options. But then if you don't know how to cook and you want something else, like make it a hobby to learn how to cook a, a yeah. simple dish and then keep going from there. But it definitely can, can get out of hand and, and really chip away at, at your budget. If you don't cook at Look home and eat, eat what's in that fridge. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I, the cheapest way to eat out is fast food and you don't always want to do that. Or do you Katrina? Well, well, that is my guilty pleasure. I know. I knew you were about to come for me. <laughs> The other good thing about those services though, too, is that they give you a recipe that you keep and you can build a recipe book 
and maybe only keep the service for four months or something like that. And all at the end of it, you know, your favorites, you throw the, the recipes out you didn't like, and all of a sudden you have a recipe book to go back at and suddenly look at how much you're saving, you know? A halibut dish costs $40 at a restaurant. You can get it a good piece of halibut for like 15, 16 bucks. Mm-hmm. They've half the money. So that, that's a good one. So keep your ass at home and eat the food that's at home. That's point number four. Yes. Uh, now, the next one, you and I both know very well firsthand what it's like, but safety, um, you know, especially if this is your first time on your own you know, you want to make sure that you have that safety net set up. You have those friends that are your emergency contacts. You have someone with keys. You have a doorstop or something that helps protect the lock at the door just to give yourself an extra sense of peace. For me, I have a security system. That's because I'm a a psycho. Uh, (laughs) And normally it's not necessary, but for me, it helps me sleep. And I learned that over time. It's an investment I'm willing to do. Call it a day. But I think safety is huge, especially as women, you know, when you're at home, uh, Katrina, you and I both had job or have jobs where we're out late. So it is nice to have, you know, people that check on you or, you know, I know some of my friends here, we have each other's location just in case, you know, you can kind of check in and see wherever, you know, that everyone's okay. Yeah. I mean, sharing location is huge. Um, a non-negotiable for me is to have a doorman at least for the evening hours of a night. So I do have security in my building moving forward anywhere I go. I have to have a doorman security. And then even, you know, you and I, we had each other's, you know, kind of as like emergency contacts to just make sure that we were good, you know, living, living alone, you, anything could happen. You know, you might slice your hand open, Sarah, (laughs) or, you know, you might actually really need help. And so being able to like, have your key people in the city that you can rely on. One of my best friends, Reese, like she gave me a spare key to her house just as an in case, you know, whether she needs something as simple as like, Hey, I forgot this at home. I'm at a big audition or I need help. You know, like she's like, Katrina, can you be that person for me? And I was like, of course, no problem. So just having those people around you is kind of your community, but also whether it's sharing location or having a security um, system at your house. I also, found this thing on Insta, uh, not Instagram, sorry, on Amazon, where it's like a, a thing you put under your door. It's like literally like a little, it looks like a little, like, it looks like a big kind of like door. a paper clip or door, door stopper. Door but jam. Yeah. Door jam. But if someone were to open the door, it sets off an alarm. And so, you know, if you live in an apartment where you can't really actually install a whole security system and you're not in a house yet, yeah. that something as simple as that, you can kind of, you know, maneuver to make sure that you feel safe and still have somewhat of an alarm. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about when we talked about travel that I take with me on my trips. Um, I have it here too. I had it in LA at my house there. It's it's so loud and it would deter anyone from anything. It hurts your ears just setting it off. So yeah, I think that's a great one, a great suggestion. Another thing too, and this is just general safety, not even just living on your own, but those emergency contacts, having them saved as ice for in case of emergency, because that's what emergency units know to check on for in your phone anyone listed as ice would be someone that they could call so you just put like mom ice katrina ice Mm -hmm. Um, just something else to think about but yeah in regards to security at home you touched on a huge one with having security or door you know a doorman or someone that's physically on site you can contact if something happens because you know and that kind of ties into maintenance you know like that that person kind of doubles as the 
the water won't turn off or there's a flood or, you know, those are things that could happen too. And, and that was still tie into safety because you don't want to get electrocuted or, you know, you never know anything could go in a home. So yeah, it's super clutch to have those, those people there. Yeah. And also don't be afraid to make friends with your neighbors. I mean, they can be a part of your community as well. For sure. I've been lucky enough to have some really great neighbors and, and family that uh, live in my building. And we speak every time we see each other, we check on each other, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, it gives you another sense of security and safety and community in your space. I know a lot of the times kind of like, don't talk to strangers, which I understand that part, but it's also like, if these are your neighbors and you're going to be in this place for a long time, like get to know them, you know, who, who do you kind of vibe with? Who do you trust? Who feels a little off? Who do you want to stay around? You know, those kind of things, just so you can kind of really tell and get to know the people in your building. So just in case of emergency and you can't call that one person, you have someone next door across the hall that can, that you can reach out to. Yeah. My neighbor and I talk, text all the time and her, um, there's like some built-in heaters that we have in our building and hers was acting up. So it was like this, this super, super loud noise. And it went on for hours. And I'm like, how is she living with that noise? I need to check on her because maybe yeah. something happened. And so I text her and it, it turned out that it was the heater. We figured it out. And her boyfriend mentioned to her like, wow, it's so great that, the, that you guys have each other. You know, he felt better knowing that she was looked after by a neighbor. And my parents love that, you know, so it's been nice having, you know, we're not in a building per se, we're in townhouses, but there's a way that we can communicate still, you know, even not in an apartment building where you share a hallway or whatever, um, yeah. still important to each other and kind of know what's going on with them. Who do they have coming in and out of the building? That matters, you know? Absolutely. So, okay. That kind of ties in to the next one. And the last point is, um, energy, like letting the, being aware of what energy you're allowing in your space, because it's, it's in fact your space now, right? It's, it's your only space and being kind of aware of who you're letting in there, what energy your house has. And, you know, whether that be saging, I know we both do that, uh, or the people you're letting in. Absolutely. I mean, this it also depends what stage of life you're in. I, when I first moved out in college, uh, me and my, my friends that we were on the same dance team together, we were definitely the party house. We had yeah. parties every single weekend. Everyone was coming over. We had themes. We had, you know, we were hosting all the time. And then as I got older, it, you know, I still would have people over. And as you know, before the pandemic, I loved hosting holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I was cooking for everyone. But just as I've gotten older, I still love doing all those things and hosting, but I've just been very aware and, and very particular and picky on who I let into my home. And so I don't just, I don't have kickets and parties at my house, you know, like I did when I was 18. And, um, even in relationships, you know, Mm -hmm. even in the dating phase, I have been a lot more picky of like, who am I letting in my space? Who am I letting in my bedroom? Who am I letting even around my building, even know where I live? Because that's the big one. Yeah. One, you know, you don't always trust someone right off the bat. And so just being really aware of the energy that you allow in your house, because I'm, I'm sure we have all known, you know, whether we're dating someone or whether it's a friend and you have them over, like, okay, this, this energy feels weird when they leave, 
that still stays with you in your space. And whether you have to clear it out on your own or sage or or whatever it is you have to do, it takes time. Mm -hmm. So just being aware of making sure that you always feel safe and at ease and, and have peace in your space and just being picky of the energy that you allow not only around you in general in life, but also in your home. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, for us, those were the key, key takeaways when it comes to, to having your own space. Like we set up, you know, after you've had roommates and all that, and you're on the next stage um, and all the responsibility is on you, it's really, really important to, to be prepared. Absolutely. And if there's any, anything that we missed, please feel free to let us know. We are always happy to do a part two of any of these episodes and of all the things that we list. And please keep the topics coming in. Yes, absolutely. We appreciate it so much. Yes. Thanks for tuning in, guys. All right. Next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of FedWork. We hope that you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. For any inquiries or sponsorship requests, please visit wearefedwork.com.